Hello, welcome to episode 90 of Take Flight Podcast. This week's episode is a Take Flight Takeaway by myself, Daniel. For any new listeners, welcome. For our regular listeners, welcome back. In Take Flight Takeaways, we aim to bring value, share topics, insights, or lessons learned in a bite-sized mini-episode, which aims to be no longer than 10 minutes. In this week's Take Flight Takeaway, I'm going to talk about the Euro 2020s and leadership. A few weeks ago, I was talking with a mentor of mine and he asked me, what do I think makes a good lead leader and what are some good leadership qualities? However, I won't be sharing any of that. I can talk a lot about leadership, not from my own perspective, but what I perceive to be good leadership and good leaders in today's society. But I want to bring the Euros into it because I feel it's appropriate to do so after recent weeks. You may think, what does the Euros have in common with leadership? Well, I think there are many things we could learn from Euro 2020, which happened a year later due to the pandemic uh, this year in 2021. But there are two main people or two main teams, let's say, that I want to bring to your attention. For anyone who may not be a football fan, please don't switch off. I'm sure there could be something that could bring value to you or even open your eyes to things you may not have considered. And if you are a football fan, maybe these are things you've actually pondered on or were brought to your attention. So on the Saturday the 12th of June, there was a match between well, Denmark's opening match against Finland. And this game became overshadowed by an event that took place in around the 43rd minute. And many of you may have heard of a, a player named Christian Eriksen, who unfortunately collapsed on the pitch and, as we were told, had a cardiac arrest. Well, firstly, we thank, we're thankful that he's recovered and recovering well. We're thankful to the medical staff and all those on hand to respond quickly to ensure that his life was preserved. However, there's someone in the Danish squad. His name Simon Kaya. He's the captain of the Danish team. And what he showed and demonstrated on that day will forever stick with me. There are three things I want to draw to your attention about um, Simon Kaya's response. Responding to top priority, thinking long-term and supporting your team. Firstly, Kaya went from an intense moment of playing in the UEFA European Championship to responding to a true life or death emergency. He needed to switch mindsets just as quickly. While his teammates took the essential step of frantically calling over medical professionals, Kaya himself went over and put Christian Eriksen in the recovery position until the medical team and medical personnel arrived. In that moment of chaos, and in, even in life, many of us can freeze in a, in a time of actually choosing fight or flight. But it will be completely understandable for him to freeze at that moment and to struggle to make any necessary decision. But we saw him take the lead in that small step, in that small, in that small moment, let me say. The ability to think long term. Once Ericsson's safety was out of Kaya's hands, he did not step away from the lead, his leadership role. Instead, he thought long term and he did what he could to protect his teammates' dignity and privacy. Kaya had the rest of his team form a shield and circle around Ericsson whilst the medical staff attended Ericsson to shield him from any cameras. This moment where Ericsson's life was hanging on, you know, by a thread was deeply personal and private and actually very upsetting. There are many complaints about the Euro coverage around it, but less, even, even if this occurred in public. Having images of his lifeless body receiving CPR 
on the internet forever that could possibly haunt his children and his partner would absolutely be devastating and not benefit them in any way, shape or form. Again, we saw Kaya's leadership qualities being put on display. And lastly, the third point, supporting your team. Teams rely on their leaders for support and guidance. And if you're not a football fan, each team has a captain. Of course, there's, they're overseen by a manager, but the manager's not on the pitch. The captain is the one who's the leading from the front on the pitch. So the teams and players rely on their support and guidance. And this is exp exponentially true in an emergency. How does your leader respond to times in crisis in an emergency where things that weren't planned happen? They transpire, accounting for the unforeseen. People who aren't usually our responsibility might end up looking to us. This happens in life as well. As Ericsson's partner jumped the rail and ran towards Ericsson in despair and disbelief, worried, anxious, emotional. Kaya intercepted along with Kasper Schmeichel and Consulta. She, of course, was not a member of the Danish team, but Kaya knew that in Kaya knew in that moment he needed to step up and be there for her too, because no one knew what was happening. His role as a leader was extended in a whole new way and took a whole new meaning. Comforting a teammate's partner is very rare and very far from the captain's, let's say, job description, but he did not run away from his responsibility. Kaya saw the needs in front of him and instead of thinking, that's not my problem, or I don't have, I have enough demands, I'm also going through this myself, I'm being, I'm emotional too. He looked beyond himself, saw the needs of others and helped them in their time of need. And I think we can all learn from the way Kaya comported himself in such a distressing moment of how he responded and how we can also do things similar in that nature, go beyond and beyond what we think is our job description and be a leader in different facets of our lives. The second person I want to mention is Gareth Southgate. Whilst we know England didn't win the Euros, they lost on penalties, nor am I saying that Gareth is the perfect man or gets everything right, but I do believe he responded to a number of challenges which were there and presented themselves during the tournament. For example, Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount having to self-isolate after being in contact with Billy Gilmore, who tested positive for COVID after the Scotland game. Well, also the Scotland result. I'm sure he didn't foresee a, a nil-nil draw and other challenges. In my opinion, I believe Gareth faced an enormous amount of pressure prior to the Euros and throughout the tournament. Of course, the pandemic may have had a part to play because everyone had been at home. It seemed like everyone and their brother and their sister, their mother, their father, their grandparents were watching the tournament. Well, the England games anyway. At the start of the Euros, Gareth wrote a letter saying, Dear England, he wanted to share more deeply why the team were taking the knee, realising that media sound bites couldn't explain adequately. So he felt the need to do so. In that letter, he acknowledged football's responsibility to contribute towards a fairer and more inclusive society. He set out why the team would use their platform to speak up proactively against racism. This isn't easy. From the outside, you may think, oh, this is, this is, this is very easy to do. But this isn't actually his responsibility. Well, you could say it's his responsibility. But as an England manager, who else has done this before? In football, who else has spoken out like this? In Gareth's pre- and post-match interviews, he always used the word we, never I, constantly reasserting his faith in the England team 
and paying tribute to his coaching team and staff, particularly the assistant, Steve Holland. He rarely singled out any of the team and always made it a collective, a squad, always reinforcing that. If anyone were to make a mistake, he'd always make sure it's the team taking the responsibility, never singling, singling anyone out, whether they're on the pitch or not. After the quarterfinal match, the first thing when he was asked how he was feeling, his first thing to do was to mention all the players back at the hotel, those who hadn't played, but had trained just as hard as those that were on the pitch. He always made it a collective unit, a team, never the 11 man or the 11 players on the pitch, but the whole 26-man squad. After England's loss against Italy, he again showed his leadership qualities, especially that warm embrace we saw him have with Saka after Saka unfortunately missed pe the penalty. That was very poignant because we all know in Euro 96, Gareth missed the penalty which would have taken England through to the finals. So Gareth can certainly understand how Saka would have been feeling in that moment and empathise with him. These are all great leadership traits of a great leader in my opinion. I wanted to bring out those two examples in particular because they stood out for me in the Euro Championships. Simon Kaya in the Denmark versus Finland match and also Gareth Southgate who really rallied England together throughout the Euros. Not just England as the team but also the country. We saw the sheer excitement from football fans and non-football fans around the country cheering England on hoping that they will do something they haven't achieved in the last 55 years. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but it looks as though Gareth has built a solid team. He's been a great leader, really embraced team spirit, enthusiasm, belief, confidence, and faith in one another, that it looks as though the World Cup next year could be exciting for the England team, but we'll wait and see. I hope this has been an insightful episode for you to think about leadership, not just in the workplace, not just as in a family, but even in sport, there are leaders. Outside of sport, there are leaders. There's something we can always learn from someone in a different industry, in a different position to us, whether young or old. But in our own right, I believe we're all leaders. Stay well, God bless, and don't forget, Take flight. Take off, take